Wired helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy. Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome to the TMV podcast by Muslim Vibe obviously sponsored by Wahid Invest. I'm your boy Nayat Kanji and today we are very, very fortunate to welcome Mamoun Yusuf to the show. He's a writer, he's a speaker, he's a life coach and he's also a peace activist. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's welcome him to the show. Asalaamu Alaikum Mamoun. Wa Alaikum Asalaam. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate yeah, thank you. So uh, today <clears throat> we are specifically talking about obviously all of the above included, but specifically we're here to talk about your brand new book, Inside the Soul of Islam. Yes. Um, I've had a, a little bit of a gander at it. Um, I've not actually finished reading it, but I've uh, managed to get through quite a bit of it. And uh, I have to say, yeah, I'm really impressed by the way that you write uh, specifically. Thank you. Being an English literature graduate myself, you know. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> so that actually means a lot. <laughs> wow. I can write, boy. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, so um, so yeah, no, no. So it's fascinating to uh, to uh, to read, um, you know, your style of writing, especially having seen you through, uh, as we had just discussed off air, you know, the um, the means of television, because yeah. uh, we discovered that we both um, have TV shows at British Muslim TV, and uh, right. yeah, so um, so again, so many different accolades I could go through, be it transformation, uh, so that. Taqwa Transformation. Taqwa yeah. Transformation and then there's Quran Coach. Yeah. Um, and that obviously stemmed from your life coaching experience, yeah. I believe, right? Exactly. Um, but having uh, <laughs> begun reading the book and stuff, I suppose the first question I need to ask is, um, how did you get into being a life coach or somebody who wanted to uh, pursue that kind of avenue of, you know, self-help and things like that? Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, then moving towards, you know, why would you write a book as such? That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. That, um, but I suppose. <laughs> as a life coach but yeah so yeah. the first question being how did you get into all of this <clears throat> yeah so really i got into it uh over a decade ago i was uh <clears throat> i was in medical school okay yeah and i didn't want to be a doctor right but as you can see i'm i'm asian <laughs> <laughs> you see the problem here right <laughs> and uh and i also uh at the time i uh i wanted to marry a spanish girl okay again <laughs> And the thing is, and I had no way of explaining all this to, yeah. to my parents right. and surviving. Right. So uh, so one one night, late at night, I was watching television and there was some American guy who's like, you can take control of your mind and your emotions and your body and have the relationships you want and everything. And I was like, come on, that's that's rubbish. Yeah, okay. But then I found myself like watching the infomercial over and over again. I was like, eventually I just, I got the program. Right, right, right. This right. guy, Tony Robbins and... Ah, okay, the famous Tony the famous, Robbins. Famous yeah, Tony Robbins, yeah, the program. Yeah, yeah. And I studied, listened to it in, like really, really in-depth, listened to it many, many times, took notes on it. And then every time I'd feel down and beat myself up and all mm. that kind of stuff, I like pulled out a little note card that I'd made. I was like, okay, control your mind, control your emotions, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But I was still struggling. Right. And on the inside cover of the workbook that yeah. came with the program, yeah. it, <laughs> I'm not making this up, Go on. it said, still struggling? Dial this number and speak to one of our coaches. No way. And I was like, okay, I just, perfect, I'll do that. So I dialed the number, I spoke to a salesperson, <laughs> and then immediately bought a coaching package, um, 
with a guy who's an f- absolutely fantastic coach. Yeah. James Murphy, right, who right. used to work for Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, uh, what happened was I was ha- I had some conversations with him. Really short, sharp, 30-minute conversations. But it was like the first time that I was speaking with someone who, uh, firstly, it was completely non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. He didn't know anything about me apart from, uh, like, he didn't he didn't bring his own beliefs to what was happening. He was yeah. kept a kind of an open space. And he just asked really good questions. I remember at one point he said, I was talking about changing degree. Yeah. And he said, so, so what do you want? And I was like, well, you know, my dad wants me to uh, stay in medical school and, you know, my... Uh, my fiance, she's like, you know, totally leave and, and do your own thing. And, you know, you always wanted to learn Arabic. And, and my, uh, my mom is, you know, I, you know, my mom is just like, well, uh, I think, no, it was my dad. He was like, you know, if you're not going to do medicine, at least do law. <laughs> that was my dad's line. I was like, oh, yeah. And I was, and this was at the time when I was meant to be applying for courses. And I had this conversation and he said, you know, Moon, I just asked you what you want. And you just told me what everyone else that you know wants for you right now when you're 20 something uh or, or i was yeah probably 20 21 maybe um that was like a bit of an aha moment it was a bit of a oh yeah and he's like look the people in your life probably aren't going to like everything that you want <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't have it and still have great relationships with them and mm. that's just about communication strategy and that kind of thing mm. i was like wow this is brilliant mm. this is fantastic so then i quit medical school did a degree in arabic <laughs> Went to live in Spain with, uh, you know, got married to a Spanish lady. Living the dream, bro. Living the dream. <laughs> That's how I got into it. That's fascinating um, because, uh, yeah, m- like much of actually uh, what I've read thus far within the book, it seems that a lot of your almost uh, kind of awakening experiences have come through applying Islam, but in a more secular context, if you understand what Mm. I mean. So like you say there, um, you're studying medicine, you're trying to be the dutiful son, like, you know, you're you're trying to, you know, follow other people's expectations. And through a life coaching kind of, you know, um, you know, uh, um, avenue, you've, you've gone and almost found your kind of self you found your kind of your essence if you understand what i mean yeah and a lot of other people would just stereotypically think you know that to find oneself you've got to find yourself in the mosque if you get yeah. what i mean or in a madrasa class totally or, and know. it's not like i didn't try that yeah 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 <laughs> so you know i spoke to the most religious people i knew mm-hmm. i studied under shayuk I did, I did all that kind of stuff that you're meant to do mm-hmm. but what i found personally yeah. was that uh, and this has changed over time this is uh, that phase of my life what i found was that it was wonderful to study like the fiqh of marriage, right. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a certain point, I was having real problems in my marriage, mm-hmm. right? Um, so this is maybe a few years later, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I studied the fiqh of marriage, which is what you're meant to do. Yeah. But uh, what I didn't realize at the time is that the fiqh of marriage improves your relationship as much as the fiqh of slaughter will improve your cooking. Okay. It's not what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. These are laws about, you know, don't transgress. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it learning the thick of marriage doesn't transmit the prophetic light of how to love people. I like that. That's a different thing. I like that, yeah. Right? And one of the things that this book really aims to do is say, mm. look, Islam isn't just about the rules, which are important and we follow them and everything. Of course. But there's much more to it. There's the essence of the religion, the soul of it, mm. which is carried within these... Uh, these concepts, these spiritual uh, concepts, like 
things that every Muslim already knows and agrees with, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's stuff that's so close to us that sometimes it's, you know, sometimes if you, it's like trying to explain, it's like trying to explain water to a fish. Okay. You're so in it and surrounded by it, and it's all through the religion that you can miss it. I'm imagining the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, things, concepts like rahmah mm-hmm. and sabr and shukr, so like resilience and uh, uh, loving kindness and gratitude, these things aren't just nice concepts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the essence of the whole religion. The whole point of all of the structures of Islam are to inculcate these things within ourselves. Right. Now, when we do that, See, here's the problem that I had going to the Sheikh and the Mosque to try and solve real life problems. Yeah. Was that they were they were talking a different language. They were talking about big spiritual concepts that I didn't really understand what they were, maybe through my own fault and not studying hard enough, although I studied a lot. Yeah. Right? But but it wasn't connecting, it wasn't firstly it wasn't packaged. Okay. Right? If you go to if you <laughs> if you go to a bookstore, yeah. look at the self help section, uh, you'll find a book that's like how to fix your marriage? Yeah. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You'll you'll fight like it's packaged well. Yeah. Now, it may not have the substance. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Right? Uh, usually, it's like the author had a big insight, and it's mm. really wonderfully helpful for the author. Right. And the person reading the book may or may not have the same you know world changing insight, but um, but it's packaged well. Yeah. Now the Islamic stuff, like <laughs> you have to find a madrasa, you have to learn a different language, you have to study fiqh, which doesn't seem to have any. Like you start learning about what kind of stale water or flowing water you can do with in. And especially, I, like, if anyone's experiences are like your Mulvi Saab experience. Oh, my gosh. Like that, the right? um, you know, because I, I lo- as Allah. I said, I love the way you've written it and the language of it because it's it's so common, uh, I think, an experience, right. you know, the idea that you go to mosque, you're being taught, and I, even, like, there's there's this title, something about um, the donkey carrying the books in his head of something. Yeah, yeah. I, I love these quirky titles because it's so true. The idea of, like, having all this knowledge but like you say if it's not packaged in a way that you can utilize it and the first thing we do is we go to mosque we learn quran but we don't have a clue what we're actually saying you know we learn exactly. phonetically but without any meaning you exactly know? um but yeah sorry to interject it's just yeah it just yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know many years later i, I created a, a, a blog called quran for busy people right right uh, which i addressed that very problem because after learning arabic and doing the degree in arabic and stuff like that i realized well you know, that's where the Quran coach originally came from. Okay. Was I started coaching people, but I was like, instead of doing fitness goals and relationship goals and stuff like that, let's yeah. just help everybody do this big thing yeah, that yeah. we all know is the purpose of life. <laughs> yeah. But there's no, like, there's no, there wasn't much actual strategic, unless you find the dream sheikh that I'm still looking for. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It might well, be Sheikh Babaka. <laughs> I don't know. It, I recently found Sheikh Babaka. I'm like, okay, it could, be, could actually be him. But, but aside from... Big up Sheikh Babaka. Big up that guy. Um, but aside from that, yeah. like... Like, there's no basic adv- like okay you want to you want to start studying the quran mm-hmm. let's just say okay you're, you're a good muslim you you you're born here you, you speak english you want to start studying the quran okay you can read a translation mm-hmm. most of which aren't very readable until the more recent translations yeah you could study a tafsir program but most of the, the actual tafsir are written in arabic but maybe you could hear somebody's audio then you could learn tajweed how mm-hmm. to pronounce the quran correctly you could recite the Quran many times to get fluent at it. You could start just learning vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You can learn Arabic grammar. You could uh, memorize the Quran. Like, pretty, the list is getting pretty big. Yeah, yeah. How do you even know where to start with that stuff? It's quite daunting, yeah. Right, it was daunting, right? Now, the truth is you can do all this stuff in a few minutes a day mm. if you're strategic about how you study, right? Okay. So that's how the original Quran for Busy People blog came about because I was just like, 
after achieving these goals the long, hard, dumb way, yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, you can speed this whole thing up and you can you can learn Quranic Arabic in about six weeks if you know what you're doing. Bro, sign me up, man. I know. I know. I've like, been studying but, Arabic for years on and off and it's a, such a struggle, I find, because yeah, yeah. it is such Could, a complex language. But also, there's a difference between... you could Obviously, you can study Arabic for the rest of your life yeah. and you can go further and further deep into it. It's called the language of ma'rifah, mm-hmm. the language of not knowing God. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> What we're talking about as a basic Muslim who speaks English, who just wants to be able to benefit from prayer. Yeah, yeah. Is you need to be able to hear the Quran in Arabic and understand what it's saying mm-hmm. without the need of an English translation. Right. To get to that level doesn't require a degree in Arabic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't require a PhD. It doesn't require a lifelong study. It can be done in about six weeks. Interesting. But that was a bit of a side point. But you're right. Yeah. It, stuff isn't... It, we have yet got to the point... We're just getting to the point where we're translating classical works, let alone packaging stuff in a way where young Muslims can just pick it up and be like, oh, here's how you transform your life. And I suppose that's where, um, or I can only assume that's where your desire to write a self-help book must come from. Because Mm -hmm. as I say, reading the first kind of few chapters and whatnot, um, you can see that in a positive way, there's a constructive criticism or critique of those experiences, be it, you know, um, growing up uh, in mosque madrasas yeah. or, you know, the fact that, as we say, that um, unfortunately our scholars are quite detached from our Western experiences. Um, and thus it's a struggle to uh, implement or understand the problems we're going through and therefore transfer that kind of knowledge. Mm. Um But also, um, you know, we touched on it a moment ago, you know, some people have a somewhat sceptical view of self-help, you know, in that, like you say, you know, you can go to a bookshelf of self-help books and is there substance within it or is it just the author kind of expleting their experience, but it doesn't really um, kind of resonate with the the reader. So I I suppose to answer that, what made you think that, I'm at a stage or a place where it's relevant for me to be able to coach other people for starters. Yeah. Um, and secondly, write a book with that kind of, um, not saying that, you know, you're trying to provide the answers, but mm. um, as I say, to somebody who would be skeptical, why would this book be necessary or needed yeah. for somebody? Yeah. So let's go. Uh, so, <clears throat> sorry, I always do this, like a double load questions. Like, you know. <laughs> More than double load. <laughs> no, no, but this yeah. is really good. This is so here. Here's what happened. Yeah. After getting divorced, right? even after doing all this stuff and creating the whole Quran for busy people thing and helping people with their Quran goals, which was all going wonderfully well. Um, Sorry to hear about this divorce. I, I, I'm in the club, bro. That's cool. <laughs> More people than, yeah. than you might think. Yeah. yeah. So I went through a divorce and I went through maybe six or nine months of real kind of like a real crisis. Like yeah, most definitely. Like all of the Islamic the com- community has no support mm-hmm. structures or anything in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching at that point did become... But I was like looking like, okay, I just need someone with the answer. Like, At what stage I was did this happen as well? Sorry. Did so this, this was like, this was like eight years later. Okay. Like eight years. I was married for eight, seven, eight years. Okay. Um, got divorced. Uh, maybe and you'd six, begun life coaching at that stage? Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I've been coaching for maybe four years at this okay. point. Interesting. So now something hit me as well, which is like, hang on, I'm coaching people and I'm helping them with their goals. And here my whole relationship has just fallen apart and I don't know what to make of life anymore. And I'm feeling kind of depressed and I'm going through this for, for six, nine months. So a couple That's of cool. things here, yeah. a couple of things here. One is that at that phase, I obviously avoided relationship coaching, which right. I was doing with people before. Yeah. Um, and I was doing more business coaching because <clears throat> now I had a successful coaching business and other people wanted to, you know, somebody hired me to be a consultant to help other people do the same. So I was kind of just 
out of integrity, I didn't want to be coaching people in an area where. No, but that's a that's a, it's a completely um, uh, understandable position to be in because, as you mentioned, even from my own perspective, um, you know, I had been a TV presenter talking about Islamic subjects and things, um, and I was now weary that if I had talked about in any way marriage. Um, people would be looking at me as if like, yeah, but your marriage didn't work out. You yeah, know? Yeah. So what gives you the right? And I, hence, yeah. I bring up this kind of yeah, idea that it's almost like very important you've question. constantly got now uh, this um, kind of reflective mirror upon you whereby you have to be so conscious of what you say and what you do and that the two kind of are um, compatible because yeah. uh, as you mentioned there, somebody would say, oh, you're divorced, so how can you coach from relationships? So, so, yeah, so something that was very clear to me at that point in time yeah. was that I didn't have relationships figured out. Okay. So I was like, I'm not going to do much coaching there because <laughs> that I don't have figured out. I can still help you with your Quran goals. You, yeah. I can still help you with your Quran goals and I can help you grow your business but the whole relationship thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause on that and stop being depressed myself okay now here's what happened and this is this is really the big shift that resulted in this book being written a few years later right was at some point i i was speaking with a lot of different coaches i had access to tons of coaches because of i was helping people with business consulting stuff right so i spoke with a coach and um I told him all, all, all the things that were on my mind, like I'm divorced, I'm depressed, I feel like I have a lot of freedom, but I don't want to, you know, I'm feeling guilty about all, all this kind of stuff that was going on with me. Mm -hmm. And I poured my heart out to him, this guy, during our first conversation. Nice. Because <laughs> he's a coach, right? <laughs> I figured it would be confidential, uh, and I'm telling the world. Um, I poured my heart out to him, and and he just said, he goes, well, Moon, you know, you know, everything, you know, everything you're feeling is coming from thought, right? I was like, yeah, I know that. I'm a coach. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know that. And he was like, which is the classic arrogant response of mm -hmm. someone who's about to be humbled. Okay. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, I know feeling comes from thought. I'm a coach. And he was like, no, 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 no. Everything you're feeling, a hundred percent of the anger, the frustration, the guilt, the fear, all of it. All of it is coming from thought in the moment. And I don't know why, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but at that moment, I felt completely silent for about what I later found out was like 10 minutes. It, mm -hmm. felt, like, it felt like a few seconds, but yeah. felt completely silent and something just hit me. And I couldn't articulate it at the time. I couldn't articulate it for months, for months later. But there was a connection point between everything that I was learning in the personal development field mm -hmm. and psychology and pop psychology and everything mm. and all of these great, beautiful concepts that Islam talks about, for some reason, right. that sentence, that one little understanding, just like, oh, that's how it works. Fascinating. Because thought is not... It's, it's a spiritual power. It's a spiritual gift that Allah has given us. And we're always living, we're living in our thought-created reality, mm -hmm. right? So whatever you're experiencing, whether you're depressed, whatever you're feeling, mm -hmm. you're thinking. Whatever you're feeling, you're thinking. Thought and feeling are inseparable. Now, this seems like a small deal if you don't, if you spend time reflecting on the implications of it. Yeah. But if you do, it completely changes the whole world of psychology and your life, right? Yeah. So there's the only thing that I would say that's in this book that's not your typical, hey, Islam's an awesome religion and here's the wonderful things that it says, mm -hmm. is this idea of uh, what I call the inside out, um, which is 
feeling comes from thought in the moment. So it's like, okay, rahma, wonderful concept. We all want to be loving and be kind and that kind of thing. Yeah. But that runs out really quickly when you're upset, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're upset and you yeah. think it's someone else that's caused it. Yeah. Uh, that, that'll lead, uh, that will pretty quickly lead to divorce. Yeah. <laughs> I can say from experience, <laughs> right? If you think someone else causes your feelings. But now when you get this concept down, yeah. now all of a sudden the, the beautiful things that the prophet taught us and talked like, love those on earth and those in heaven will love you that's beautiful mm -hmm. but now how do you do that in reality mm -hmm. when someone's being mean or when you're in an argument or whatever now just having this psychological understanding can do that okay. can create some distance between what's going on and your own spiritual psychological experience. Okay, Ooh. that went pretty deep, pretty quick. Yeah, Let's... yeah, no, 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 because I'm, I'm pensively like pondering now because uh, I'm thinking to myself, but what happens when some people can't trust their own thoughts? You mm. know, so for instance, sometimes there can be a disconnection between uh, the mind and the soul. Mm. Um, in that, you know, we sometimes have almost veils on our soul whereby, Absolutely. you know, you you think in a Let's say, um, you know, ideally, I want to get closer to God. Mm. I know kind of uh, theoretically what I need to do in practice or what is recommended for me. Mm. But when I actually go to do it, I don't find necessarily I'm finding that connection yeah. uh, internally. Mm. I mean, how would you respond to people like that? Because like you yeah. said, thought and feeling are inseparable in many yeah. ways. Yeah. But in some ways, mm. um, they can actually be very much kind of, as I say, this kind of like um, um, it, well not in synchronicity if you understand what I mean yeah we can we can imagine a separation between thought and feeling yeah but there isn't one. Oh, really interesting right so this is uh, this is I'm, I'm positing this yeah yeah, yeah and no, you go can, on, go on. And, you can, and you can read you can read the book and, yeah. and come to your own conclusion yeah right but I, I stand quite firmly by this because uh, you know if there's a truth of psychology mm -hmm. then then uh, it would make sense that a lot of people don't see it a lot of the time. Right, yeah. yeah. Myself included. Yeah. <laughs> like every day, like I'll, I'll get upset and then forget, oh, hang on a second, this is just me. This is just my thinking. <laughs> this happens every day. And this is like the, the basis of Takwa Transformation, well, I, the TV show, the coaching and everything. Like, And I think it's lovely that, um, because we were discussing this earlier in that... This, this, can I, go on, can go I go just go speak on. to another point that you just said? Yeah, yeah, no, go, 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 you go, said, go You asked go. a really deep question. Go, 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 I don't want to skim over it. No, go, go, go. So you said, like, what would you say to people who are, you know, I'm missing that connection with Allah inside. And, you know, I'm doing the things that you're meant to do, like praying and doing the external things that you're meant to do. Right. Right. And there's a reason this book is inside the soul of Islam, not the body or the practices of Islam. Yeah. Because as anyone will tell you, you can do that. Everybody's experienced even. You can do the practices and not be there, mm -hmm. right? And it's not that you need to find the right thought or, or, or anything like that. It's about the connection we're all seeking with Allah is already inside of us. Okay. It comes with a quiet mind. It comes with a quiet mind. When our minds go quiet, when we're thinking and trying to, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to be more. I need to, I tried doing the practice, but the practice didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But you'll notice that the times when you actually really had a deep connection with Allah, you weren't trying anything. Mm. Your mind was quiet. Mm. And Allah took you over with this beautiful feeling of love and connection. And, and just, some, it happens that sometimes you might experience it in Ramadan at night, if you do tahajjud, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can just experience it during a day, any time of year, walking in the park. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can come at any time because it doesn't come from the thing you're doing comes from deep within and that comes from having a quiet mind and then Allah just blesses you.
Mm. With, and you'll notice that's where your real wisdom comes from. That's where inner wisdom comes from. That is something our scholars have always known and been saying throughout the ages. Mm-hmm. Okay, they called it different things. Mokashefa, uh, the knowledge of unveiling. Right. Where does that come from? Well, you can't do anything to make it happen. It comes from within. Okay. Right. Now, when we start going in this direction, when we start going within, yeah, towards a quiet mind, all of, of the practical problems of our lives are sorted right. because the wisdom we needed was already within. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas when you try going to the how to fix your marriage workbook yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with 700 exercises in it, <laughs> yeah. um, you might not it, you might not get the same effect as you would just from a quiet mind and a deep connection with Allah. But connecting those dots hmm. took me a lifetime. Because I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I, I can just imagine all of us like doing meditation now, like, you know, going home and that. Um, but some of us might find that, you know, whilst uh, um, for others, they're getting that deep, as you say, almost stillness of being. Um, others are just kind of like thinking about, you know, the washing up and like, you know, um, whatnot. And because uh, it's such a struggle to silence the mind for some people who've never practiced this. Yeah. Um, and I can only assume from the language that you use that you're very much or you've at least really tried hard to practice that meditative state where you're kind of silencing the mind but yeah for others so, as i say how, so how, how do we achieve so that? firstly there is a chapter in the book yeah. all about this okay right okay there's a chapter called uh uh presence it's all about presence the key it's called presence the key to paradise right right nice <laughs> pretty useful nice nice the key to paradise I like, uh, I like these titles yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that gives some some direct some direct advice on quietening the mind. But as you continue reading, yeah, uh, it goes deeper and deeper into it because if if it's a practice that you have to do, mm-hmm. it's of limited power. But what happens is as your mind quiets down and as you start having some insight and some realization and you start connecting with Allah more, yeah, Allah does the heavy lifting for you. Mm. You know, and you'll notice uh, there are people who have. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I thought I would be um, <laughs> arrogant enough to write a book, <laughs> right? About, I'm glad about you said Islam it. I, I, and about the soul yeah, of Islam, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because I, at a certain point I realized that firstly, this is uh, this is real. Yeah. That the experience I went through was real. Yeah. Uh, also, that uh, it was helping a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my clients weren't just benefiting in the hey, I'll help you achieve your goal externally. Yeah. They were benefiting in a real like. Ooh, my life's never going to be the same again now. Hmm. Uh, and I'm talking you know, people definitely getting divorced, real issues with their with their husband or their wife, and now happily married six years later. Excellent, <laughs> right. Excellent. So, but it, and it didn't come through. Oh, do these techniques to improve your marriage? It came through this. It came hmm. through quietening your mind, getting in touch with yourself. Interesting. Listening to you know, and from that quiet space, kind of Allah blesses you with wisdom that resolves things. All insecurity is just an illusion created by thought. These are gems, bro. Right? These, these are some gems, man. I need All to write this down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> I get it tattooed, bro. No, I'm being serious. Interesting, yeah. All insecurity is just an illusion created by thought. But now mm. if you go before those thoughts, yeah. if you go to that space, that quiet mind, and just hang out there for a little while, mm. things get resolved for you. And, you know, I didn't, before I always thought you needed a technique and you needed to, like, do a NLP, yeah. neuro-linguistic programming and, like, <laughs> hypnosis and type, like, you don't, you don't need any of that stuff. Like, you, the past doesn't even exist anyway. Hmm. Uh, no, you just, you, you need to, 
like our ulama throughout the ages yeah. who are writing these gems mm-hmm. of wisdom. They mm-hmm. knew what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all already there. The, all the wisdom that you need is already inside of you. You're not going to get it from the book. If the book has any benefit in it, it's just going to point you back inside yourself where your true wisdom will come from. That's the most beautiful sales line I've ever heard from. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. No, but it's, tr- it's true in that. I think because, as I said for at the beginning, you know, people have this uh, idea or this view sometimes that what makes somebody else qualified to yeah. have the answers, Completely. and especially in an area such as, you know, when it's just um, uh, my experience of, I don't know, like relationships or my experience with addiction or whatever it might be, yeah. um, you know, there's almost a kind of uh, an honest self-loathing within it. So it's an, um, uh, uh, an apologetic experience yeah. which has taught me this. And so uh, people take it a bit more humbly, whereas, you know, when you're trying to say, look, inside of the soul of Islam, it almost exclaims the idea that I have the key to it. Whereas, interestingly, I like the way you put that there, because it's not necessarily that the book has the answers, but rather it points you in the direction of yourself. And those answers, as you say, come from that stillness um, and that connection with God, which is um, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, there's... um, there's another reason. So inside the soul of Islam is obviously going to be of benefit to every Muslim and inshallah. Well, will... also I was going to, because at the beginning you say people of other faiths as well. You know, yeah. I mean, how would people of other faiths benefit from this? I mean, because like you say, we, we begin the book with a, not an attack, but, you know, we talk about, you know, 9-11, um, the Ben Affleck problem, um, you know, which yeah. we, I, I really want to get into, which yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, or, you know, as you said, you know, the, your Mulvi Saab experience, you know, yeah. um, uh, how would um, some of a different faith uh, or as you mentioned a Muslim alike you know benefit uh, in that regard then like yeah you know. that's a great question so the first thing is see this book had a lot of heavy lifting to do yeah, that's yeah, yeah. but uh, the very first thing is I wanted to write a book I think what <clears throat> let's talk about Buddhism for a moment <laughs> can't yeah one of the Buddhism right now is one of the coolest religions mm-hmm. it just is mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. why is it so cool well, one of the reasons it's so cool is you have the greatest Buddhist scholars and masters of their tradition writing books for lay people who aren't even Buddhist, hmm. containing some of the deepest wisdom of the tradition for everyone. Interesting. Yeah. Now, we don't have... That does not exist yet yeah, for yeah. Muslims. Yeah. Like, scholars write books, but they write books for people like us right. so that we can then understand Islam a little bit better. But if we were to give the same book or the same YouTube lecture to somebody who's not Muslim, mm. it, it's, there are layers it's to get translation. through. It's yeah. lost in translation. Yeah. So the very first thing I wanted to do with this book is say, okay, look, this book's got to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's got to be written in a way that anybody, if you're, even if you're not Pakistani, yeah. you're not Muslim, yeah. you're not from any, you, you don't share any of my cultural reference points, mm. I still want this book to benefit everyone. Because it's very much about your experiences, as I say, yeah. like, you know. But that is mainly done. Mm. I have no interest whatsoever in anyone knowing anything about my personal life. Right. But I still included Shame's stuff. quite interesting, though. <laughs> yeah. But I included stuff about my personal life basically because I wanted a, a connection point. I wanted them to be like, oh, I get it. I get where this person's coming from. Because then it becomes your story. Right, yeah. It becomes, you know, inside the soul of Islam, it becomes... Um, like everybody gets the soul of Islam. See now, not everybody, not everyone in the world will get the belief system of Islam. Mm-hmm. You might immediately, no, I don't believe in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not everybody's going to get the practices of Islam because they they'll just never have experienced it. Right. You know, it's like 
We talk about old school da'wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day when yeah. we, we, we were at uni in school and you were trying to do da'wah, right? Yeah. This is what people would do. Yeah. They would go up to somebody and, and you know, you'd be like, okay, this is this is a leaflet. This is Islam. You're welcome. <laughs> and they'd be yeah. like, okay. Yeah. And be like, yeah. So, uh, you know, Islam is so, it's so wonderful and beautiful and you can pray at night and you can fast. And I know you think it's hard physically, but when you do it, it feels so amazing yeah, you should try it out. It's like, okay, well, so how can I experience in this? Well, just repeat after me. I should do it. And of course, people are just like, well, okay. Now, me. <laughs> meanwhile, if you go to, to you know, you, you want to ask a Buddhist about their religion, they're like, well, let me share with you some of the wisdom from my religion. And mm. you'll learn about mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Beautiful concept. Mm. You'll learn about um, uh, different things in, in each religious tradition. Mm. Toltec wisdom. There's a beautiful book, The Four Agreements. It's got this great wisdom from within the tradition. So what I wanted to do is say, okay, look, here's some of the beautiful wisdom from the Islamic tradition. Mm -hmm. Anybody who reads that book, it's going to enhance their life because it's not only going to share with you these spiritual values, but it's going to give you a path to actually live them. Mm -hmm. And this will benefit everyone. There's no, no one won't benefit from more loving kindness, from more resilience, from more gratitude, from more forgiveness. There's no one in the world who won't benefit from that. And so that's what this book aims to do. Now, there's a few layers to get through because yeah. obviously people, you know, if you just write a book about how Islam can change your life, people yeah. are like, what's it going to turn me into? You know, yeah, yeah. There, there's a, so this was kind of a way of introducing people to, or reintroducing people to Islam in the first place. Especially after, say, the negative narratives and things. That yeah, which know. is the the only narrative that most people have ever heard, like most people in the West have heard yeah, of. Yeah. Like the Muslim vibe is not where they're getting their information, <laughs> yeah. right? So for most people, like, so this just starts at the beginning and just some of the reviews that we've gotten already are just like, wow, this book completely changed everything I thought about the religion of Islam was wrong. Most definitely, yeah. I was reading some of the testimonials at the beginning and we've got some rave reviews from people, again, I can only assume of non-Muslim faith, um, you know, uh, or fellow authors alike, you know. um, And so, as you say, you know, uh, it it appears that... um, there has a there has been a, a good reception from their Islamic perspective uh, yeah. towards this book because um, I think a big problem which I found in modern society is differentiating between spiritualism and ritualism. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, a big issue which maybe we've touched upon uh, in a different manner um, is the idea of inverting jurisprudence and ethics whereby the jurisprudence of Islam becomes the most important thing yes. you know, the fiqh, the law, exactly. everything else and the ethics and the kind of uh, as you say the conceptual understanding is lost and therefore when trying to then impart that information to a non-Muslim you know we always scare them off with all the you know kind of what you have to do yeah. um, to be a Muslim rather than exactly. what it is to be a Muslim. If you and you know, it. that's exactly it. You've hit the nail on the head. And the thing is the uh, that's the opposite of the Quranic paradigm. Like that's the opposite of the way the Quran yeah. presents it. Yeah, In the yeah. Quran how many verses are there that actually talk about law? Mm-hmm. Less than 10%, maybe less than 5%. Interesting. So what's the rest of the Quran talking about? Yeah, yeah. Where's all of that? <laughs> That's the stuff that will change your life. Yeah, like the yeah. laws, of course, they'll, they'll, they have implications as well. But but for my personal life, like if I pick up the Quran mm-hmm. and read it and have a, a life-transforming insight, mm-hmm. which, alhamdulillah, is happening now that I connected the dots between yeah. personal growth and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. But alhamdulillah, so I read the Quran and have a life-transforming insight. Mm. It... You, it rarely has anything to do with law. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's rarely like, oh, 
I put my hands here instead of here. Okay, that's transforming my life. No, no, that's not the transformation we're talking about. And it's also, it's, you know, Muslims, when they, when they start really getting into Islam, yeah. they're more likely to change their clothes than change their life. Yeah, yeah. That's not the transformation we're talking about. We're talking about literally us changing from the inside out, hmm. right? We've got so many, like, all Muslims have all the same problems everybody else has. That's, yeah. This is another reason why this book is totally universal. Hmm. All the same problems, like, Kids aren't listening to their parents. Yeah. Single people aren't finding, you know, finding partners. Married people looking to get divorced. Um, you got pe- entrepreneurs who are really struggling to grow their business and getting needy about money and things like that. All this kind of stuff. Um, it yeah. happens across the board with everyone. Well, as I've but, mentioned, you know, sorry, and sorry to interject there again, um, but it's just because it's so relevant. Because you know, when you begin with this whole Ben Affleck um, yeah. problem, yeah, it is that, isn't it? The idea that. Um, you know, Muslims are this kind of foreign existing being, you know, this entity which is misunderstood by, you know, the West. Um, whereas, as Ben Affleck said, what about the millions who just go and want to eat their sandwiches and work and pray five times a That was a fantastic day, right? segue. Yeah. yeah. Do you like that? So, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was world-class yeah. interview. So, uh, yeah, the Ben Affleck problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here's the Ben Affleck problem, right? Yeah. Um, so, so uh, probably a lot of Muslims will have seen this YouTube clip, but basically Ben Affleck is on a chat show, yeah. And uh, everyone on everyone on on this little panel discussion. It's Bill Maher, isn't it? Um, who's interviewing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I said the better. I artfully didn't mention anyone's name in the book except for Ben Affleck, <laughs> right? So Ben Affleck, you know, and these people they're saying like, um, oh, you know, they they'd all just unanimously agreed Islam's the biggest problem in the world today. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, there's there's no Muslims on this panel discussion about yeah. Islam because yeah, yeah. why would there be? Um, <laughs> And uh, and some pretty horrendous things are being said. Like, Islam is the the motherload of bad ideas. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, wait, <laughs> rahma, loving kindness, sabr, resilience, maghfira, forgiveness, uh, haq, truth. I'm like, which of these is a bad idea? Yeah, yeah. Like these are on every page of taqwa, yeah. consciousness. Like which of these is a bad idea? Mm. But of course they're not talking about that. They're talking about not only are they talking about the five percent that's external. Yeah. But they're talking about. Five percent of the five percent that's got to do with, uh, you know, uh, hudud punishments and things like that. And then they're talking about a misunderstanding of it in the first place. Yeah. And then they're talking about things that are from hundreds of years ago that don't translate. And those same <laughs> things are in every other religion. So all of these things. Yeah. But now, but here's the Ben Affleck problem, right? Is that he was there, and he was just like, look. You, firstly, he's like, are you like the codify, like the official interpreter of the doctrine of Islam? Yeah. And very smart thing to say and the other person was like well I, I actually do know quite a bit and therein lies the Ben Affleck problem see Ben Affleck knew intuitively there's something wrong with this picture because I know there's a billion Muslims and they aren't all trying to kill us yeah. we'd already be dead yeah. right um, but he didn't have the grounded knowledge of what Islam actually does teach exactly because we have failed right to just make that clear right because Fox News doesn't stop mm-hmm. and it doesn't get tired mm-hmm. and the media doesn't stop and it doesn't get tired mm-hmm. but we did. Hmm. That's the bottom line. Man. Yeah. So we did it. So the average yeah. the average Joe Blogs in the street yeah. now has a very distorted view of Islam and we have not done a great job of presenting 
actual Islam in a coherent way that doesn't talk about where to put your hands when you pray, but talks about the essence of the religion. Hence, that was the book. Inside the soul of Islam. Exactly. I get it now. So yeah, because as I said, when I first read it, read it, I was thinking, okay, where is he going with this? And maybe I have to finish the book to understand it fully. Um, but that has definitely given me a, a good incentive to continue because, uh, as I say, um, I think it's so true that... I've seen so many people in uh, roundabout ways, you know, kind of sticking up for Islam and you feel kind of like a little bit of like, oh, you know, sense of like, you know, yeah, yeah go on, I appreciate it. But then it's like, oh, but you don't really know anything about Islam, right. do you? And, and the opponent of Islam yeah. seems to really know. Yeah. But it's like, but hang on, they uh, here's something as well. I mean, I put it out in the book, but you know, when these people are saying these horrendously bad things about Islam, ask yourself a question. Could they pronounce Surah Fatiha? <laughs> Could they tell you what it means? If you said, what does the first page of the Quran say? <laughs> Would they be able to tell you? Probably not. This is the expert on Islam that's on the panel discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just stuff that is, it's so close to us we don't see it. It's like the stuff that every Muslim uh, knows or should know or, yeah. you know, uh, is teachings that we're brought up with mm -hmm. that non-Muslims don't know, but it would be a relief to them if they could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the bad guys in the world, the, the terrorists, they're just... Yeah outright disobeying them mm -hmm. it's not a matter of they're all oh, they're misinterpreting stuff. no they're just disobeying it it's pretty there's no interpretation where you could go around and kill people because right? this is what i mean because like when for instance tony robinson um came out with his whole like uh he had done this book which was his kind of tafsir of our quran oh, you thank you oh, mate, it was <laughs> the most ridiculous commentary but I have to say, very well packaged right. in the way that somebody who's unknowing and the first thing I screamed at the time is where are our literature, our representatives, exactly. our speakers to counter that, um, you know, that argument. Now, you know, in a perfect world, yeah. in a perfect world where the world wasn't all going crazy yeah. about the religion of Islam, yeah. I probably wouldn't have written this book. Okay, yeah. I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I would have yeah. just written a book about personal transformation. Right. And it would have benefited people. And I could have written a book about the wisdom of Islam and how it transforms you. But there wouldn't have had to be this, like, uh, by the way, guys, this is what Islam actually teaches. And yeah. it, we don't want to kill you. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. There wouldn't have to be that kind of disconnect. Yeah. But um, but we, we there where you're right. Where is our literature that mm. does the same thing? Mm. Like, it's. I wouldn't say it's the job of the ulama. They're doing their job. They're giving us what we need mm. so that we can produce work like this. Interesting. Okay, that's yeah. why the Muslim vibe is doing what they do yeah, yeah. For, for the community itself. Definitely. But that's also, like, any, any of us who have... Like, I'm a transformational coach, but I couldn't just be a transformational coach, be a Quran coach. You know, when I go in front of an audience in the States... Mm. Even if it's a conference that's got nothing to do with religion or anything like that, and they say, you know, you say your name and what you do, and, and I'm like, my name's Mamoon, I'm the Quran coach, yeah. and da da da. Yeah. There's like a gasp in the audience. Hmm. Why is that? Because they, I'm the, because I'm a Muslim, okay. and because I'm clearly a, not, you know, a peaceful person. I'm clearly a peaceful person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, there's a, oh, wow. You know? And it's like, well, yeah. Wow, like they, I want every, it is a slightly bigger problem in the States than the rest of the world, but honestly, even in the UK, there are, if outside of the big cities, yeah. there are lots of people who would never meet Muslims, True. and they wouldn't know what the basic teachings of Islam are, True. and we, you know, we're always on the back foot, because, mm -hmm. you know, when's the Muslim invited on the TV? Well, after a terrorist attack, mm -hmm. and then we're just saying, our religion's okay, it doesn't teach it's this. It's a very apologetic it's reaction. very apologetic, there's like no, a... hey, here's the awesome stuff our religion teaches, if you knew a... The average person who isn't Muslim knew a tenth of what's in that book. Yeah. And read it for yourself and tell me if I'm wrong here. 
But they would never even worry about that stuff anymore. Hmm. It's like it brings everyone on the same page, hmm. right? So, you know, once one of my friends said, he asked me this question. He yeah. said, if Islam is so peaceful, mm-hmm. you already can tell where this is going. Please. If Islam is so peaceful, yeah. why are there so many Muslim terrorists? Hmm. Don't you love that question? But you know what's wrong with that question? Is the word if. Hmm. Like if they said, look, given that Islam is so peaceful, why are there so many Muslim, you know, why are there Muslim terrorists? Mm -hmm. And we can question so many, like proportions and stuff like that. But but it's like, if people got what was in this book and they got just the basic teachings of the religion that that are known by Muslims, but just aren't known in the rest of the world. And honestly, some of this isn't known by Muslims either, right? (laughs) But um, that, we would all be on the same page. It's like we would all be in it together to solve the, you know, the global, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. these global issues. Hmm. Now, as a, as a spiritual seeker, I don't solve these things from a political perspective because that's not my field. Right. I solve them from a purely uh, spiritual inside out perspective, which is hmm. something that every human being can do. Because I was going to say, you know, again, uh, harping back to the original question, you know, what makes somebody qualified to advise people in that manner? Mm. Um, when you're trying to take a, a political stance or, um, you know, one of uh, that kind of um, uh, angle, it requires almost uh, a belief and a following whereby you have the gravitas to do so, you know, the status mm. to do so. Whereas mm. when it is one of internal kind of experience and journeying, mm. as you say, there's no yardstick of measurement whereby I can say that, you know, you're the correct candidate or not the mm. correct candidate. Yeah, and I would just say, like, forget image. Yeah. I'm probably not the correct candidate. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Forget image. Look for substance. Okay. Right. So look at the book, see what it says, and see if it holds its own. If it doesn't, throw it out. And if it does, it it might just do something. Well, because I was going to ask you what hope and impact you have for this book, but I think we've answered that. Um, you know, because as as you just said there, people, I would very much advise you to go read this book because uh, just from the initial uh, opening few pages, uh, I found it really honest, revealing, um, at the same time comical and humorous, um, at the same time uh, a personal kind of journey and an experience which you can really um, kind of grasp and be in touch with. It's not complex and kind of convoluted with like, you know, um, you know, almost, you know, that kind of... You know, you know this book is, really, this is basically why we're Muslim. Right. That's one big thing. It's just yeah. what are the, the spiritual values of Islam? Why is Islam so awesome? The, the stuff we know about how awesome Islam is, mm. no one else knows that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it puts that together and then there's a personal development angle so we can actually live by it. Mm. Now, my actual hope, my aim for this book, firstly, anyone who reads it and is actually touched by the message, mm-hmm. it can be deeply transformational. Mm. The stuff that's in there, I have no doubt about that. Um, so that if, if one person reads it... Um, it could save it could save lives. It could end someone's psychological some suffering. Big sta- there's some big statements. Big statements. <laughs> yeah, and they're not coming from nowhere. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this it can end someone's psychological mm. suffering. So if if it if the one person reads it and it does that, then mission accomplished. Inshallah. But there's another yeah. there's another aspect here, which is I this is a book that I feel like you could you know you, everyone watching this, everyone listening to this has friends who aren't Muslim. Yeah. And who they wish would have some idea about how beautiful this tradition yeah, is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a book that's accessible enough, and it's it's got the beautiful substance. Like, 
as long as you're literally not getting it wrong, which thankfully I've had scholars read through it, so I'm not getting stuff wrong. Yeah. Um, you can't really go wrong when you're teaching, when you're sharing the beautiful teachings of the Prophet, mm-hmm. and beautiful teachings from the Quran mm-hmm. in context. Mm-hmm. So this feels like a book that you can give to people, and you know, many people who aren't Muslim read it, and it's just as accessible for them. And that was that's one of the key things about it. Inshallah, inshallah. So I, say, yeah. you know, I'm well. I'm as I said, like I, I definitely uh, have uh, enjoyed the, the the initial parts of it, and as I said, I found tidbits of kind of like. Um, or gems uh, kind of dropping at random points within it because as I say it's a very relatable experience wherever um, you've come from creed or ethnicity wise cultural background um, as you say because it's put in a very contemporary manner whereby you know for instance you've punctuated it with your life experiences which mm-hmm. many people can relate to university experiences or where were you when the 9-11 happened mm-hmm. um, you know so whatever it may be um, it it seems to have uh, a very personal element to it which therefore makes it very translatable to all individuals um, so yeah so and, and as we've discussed you know um, I think it's refreshing as well um, because a lot of self-help books as I say uh, especially Islamic ones almost preach from a, an angle of um i don't want to say condescending but you know uh it, it's it's in a manner whereby it's so lofty and out there yeah. that it doesn't as i say feel that i can achieve or reach that level mm. you know it's still very theoretic mm-hmm. um whereas this again it transformed from the ritualistic to the spiritual for me mm-hmm. um a lot of those kind of um uh, understandings and those teachings so uh so yeah so alhamdulillah I, I hope i hope as i say that you know more than just muslims will run out and get this book because it, i feel that in light of everything we discussed be it um 9-11 be it the um uh, the you know the ben affleck problem be it uh, you know tony robinson and you know yeah. the bmp party or whatever narratives are being pushed it feels as if we have more of a responsibility and an onus to to get up and do things like this. Um, And it's not necessarily from a position of, I have all the answers, as you say, but rather just more so, Islam has the answers. Um, And if only you knew the the surface of it, Mm. um, you would discover too, you know, whether you believe in it or not, the common principles of beauty, be it in Buddhism, Christianity, Judaism mm. or Islam. Um, and therefore, hopefully, people wouldn't be able to uh, hijack, I suppose, uh, our belief system and try and purport it in a different manner, which obviously it isn't. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, no, it's fascinating. So going forward then, Mamoun, uh, what, 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 what do you have for the future then? You know, what's next after this book? Are you doing a book tour, book signings, uh, you know, book readings? Like, are you going to do a recovery tour like Russell Brand? Like, you know, what, what, what's next for you, <coughs> Yeah, all of it. I mean, I, I feel like now that I'm on the Muslim Vibe podcast, yeah, yeah, I, I've made it. So <laughs> that's it. We're done. You know, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm up for anything. You know, going to places, doing book signings, doing talking about it. But really, I'm just going to keep doing my work. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. The transformational coaching thing. Mm-hmm. Trans- <laughs> basically, what I do. Uh, that's that. That's what you know. That's what has a real impact. That's what has yeah. really changes people's lives. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna keep doing my thing and Inshallah. go around. Yeah. Uh, there are 
Yeah, I've, I've already the seed for the next book has been sown. So. Okay, well, we're definitely we'll have you back when you've written <laughs> when you've written that book. But yeah. I, I definitely think yeah, um, a book tour would be good, man. Because uh, as I say, I feel that um, especially after this discussion, you know, people uh, of all faiths, um, as it says here, a unique view into the love, beauty, and wisdom of Islam for spiritual seekers of all faiths. Yeah. Um, I feel like especially um, in those pockets of countries uh, where there aren't so many Muslims, which people forget about often yeah. when we. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. these city bubbles you know people don't think you know what is the perception of muslims in cornwall for instance yeah, you know? yeah. um i feel like you know it would be very interesting to see um the reaction and the uh, experience of uh, those kind of demographics um to your book and to your presentation yeah, because yeah. as as i have learned through this uh, little short interview as i say um it's one whereby yeah, it's not necessarily something which uh, we should be daunted by or feel that, you know, it's somebody preaching to us, but rather it's a really insightful look at what it is to be a Muslim and our experiences and journeys thus far, because it yeah. shows both the negative and the positive. It's a very balanced understanding as well, yeah. you know, um, which often, you know, people don't show the the pragmatic kind of problems within our faith um, and propose a solution they want to cover it up as if it's perfect you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah so no i think uh, as i say yeah yeah it's beautiful but yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah for tours and stuff like that yeah. to answer your to answer your question uh dot com. That's where you'll get the latest. Okay. Wherever I'm doing speaking engagements and stuff like that. Which I was just gonna ask, you know, yeah. is there any other handles which uh, you we can follow you on in terms of like Twitters or you know Facebook? What do you got? What do you use actively to yeah. kind of promote your your uh, great your, question your activities? Uh, Facebook, right? Is probably the best place to find me. Yeah. Uh, I would just go to mamunyusaf.com and just uh, you know I. Uh, some people daily inspirational emails that nice, kind of thing so nice. that, that's probably a, nice. the best place to find me uh, and then all the other social media is out there as inshallah. well well look Mamoon I could talk to you forever bro um, but inshallah we'll have you back again uh, and, and maybe on as you say uh, your your next book yeah. or before that even because uh, you seem to be achieving a lot um, so as I say, man, it's been a pleasure uh, discussing your book. I look forward to reading the rest of it. Um, and yeah, I, I hope and implore people, go out there, Inside the Soul of Islam, Mamun Yusuf, excellent book. I now understand why he's qualified to have written this book. Um, <laughs> and thus, I'm not judging anymore, but rather I'm intent on just understanding. Um, so yeah, no, thank you very much for joining us on The Muslim Vibe, man. It's been an absolute pleasure, bro. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been the Muslim Vibe um, podcast, the TMV podcast by the Muslim Vibe, or I should say, um, obviously sponsored by Wahid Invest now. So, uh, yeah, I've been Anaya Kanji. We've been talking to Mamoun Yusuf. We've been discussing Inside the Soul of Islam. Make sure you go out and buy it. Until next time, guys, peace and love. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wahid helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy.